the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service. VK1WIA. It's here somewhere. There it is. Thank you for contacting VK1WIA. All of our operators are busy at the moment. Want to hear about the Black Saturday bushfire disaster first anniversary? Press 1. For the latest details on the Centre Victoria Radio Fest, press 2. Interested in the WIA centenary celebrations? Press 3. Concerned about intruders on the amateur bands? Press 4. Do you have a photo of the Australian who put man on the moon? Press 5. To hear all those options again, press 9. Or just sit back, relax and listen to the entire broadcast. Hello, I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC. And Barry Robinson, VK3, Papa Victor, and we're presenting the WIA National News, produced by Amateur Radio Victoria, for the week commencing Sunday the 7th of February 2010. Thank you, Barry. We welcome to the studio now Fred Swainston, VK3DAC, from the Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group, with an update on today's special station, vi 3 K-I-A-H. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Jim, and thanks for the opportunity to talk to radio amateurs out there about the special station we're operating today up at King Lake. Uh, This station uh, recognises the efforts of radio amateurs and others who, during the February 2009 fires, provided radio operators for all sorts of uh, emergency communications during... Uh, that day and a number of weeks. Uh, Just an opportunity to recognise the efforts of those amateurs. Where and when can we listen for it? The uh, radio station is operating out of the Frank Thompson Reserve at King Lake in between 2pm and 8pm today. Why 2pm and 8pm, Fred? Because on February 7th, 2009, the major damage to the King Lake area occurred during those times. All the best, Fred, with VI3KIH this afternoon. Thanks, Jim. More details of the frequencies to be used can be found on the club's website, yarravalley.ar.org.au, or in the text edition of this broadcast. Intruder, over the horizon radar. This is VK1WIA. The theme this year for the Centre Victoria Radio Fest is Reach for the Skies. Why? Because there will be aeronautical amateur television. We will hear more about this soon on this broadcast from Peter Cousins, VK3BFG. Astronomical telegazing and hunting scarce sunspots on the photosphere. And its family friendliness includes a playground, free children's face painting, hot and cold food and drinks, or bring your own lunch to enjoy in picnic style. Free tea and coffee all day. The mini lecture program. Topping the bill is the VK9NA de-expedition by the VK Microwave Group. The other lectures being Amateur Radio Goes to School, presented by the Sherbrooke Radio Club. Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, with an interesting illustrated talk on Victoria's radio heritage. And a thought-provoking presentation on the end of Amateur Radio. These are in addition to the Club Corner Precinct display 
giveaways, F Troop photo call, and entry ticket draw for door prizes. Oh, don't forget the bustling traders hall and the second hand tables and car boot style sales. See you at the Centre Victoria Radio Fest Canton Race Course Sunday, the 14th of February. I'm Bruce Lees, VK3 Triple F. Home security system QRM. Reports are starting to appear about a security and home control system that uses the spread spectrum protocol at 100 milliwatts. But at a distance of 100 metres, its emissions make the 40 metre band unusable. The system has its signal at a 2 to 5 second rate from 7.1 to 8.5 megahertz. Hey, that's not only the 40 metre band, but also spectrum used by broadcasting, aeronautical and marine radio. Be alarmed and alert for this system arriving in your neighbourhood soon. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard on the VK3 RMM Mount Macedon repeater at 147.250, 10.30am Sunday mornings. I'm Brad, VK3 Triple FM. The IARU Region 3 Operating Award. This is available for contacts made since the 5th of April 1982 with countries which have IARU member societies in the Asian Pacific region. QSL cards not required, but a certified log sheet with country claims list needs to be supplied. A basic award requires seven qualifying contacts, a silver endorsement is 15 with gold 20, and awards can be open or for any mode or band. Applications need to be made to the awards manager, Alan Chapman, ZL3GX. Check your logbook to see if you already qualify for the IARU Region 3 award. Or go online for more details about the rules. Changing the light bulb. Unless you have tried to buy an incandescent light bulb recently, it's likely you're unaware that Australia is phasing them out due to their inefficient use of electricity. Incandescent light bulbs have been around for 130 years and they took us from the candle, fuel lamp and gas illumination. The Australian government, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, placed an important ban on inefficient incandescent general lighting bulbs 12 months ago. As a result, compact fluorescent lamps and extra low voltage halogen non-reflector lamps that don't meet new minimum energy performance standards can no longer be imported. Digital Radio Plus. A Canadian development may be the way of the future, where FM broadcast station signals are used to activate household appliances or even manage electricity supply. Appliances are now being fitted with microchip receivers with the aim of consumers being able to activate them via FM broadcast station signals using the internet or iPhone at energy-saving times of the day. Now we have an update on the digitisation of the Melbourne ATV repeater, VK3RTV. And on the line is ATV guru Peter Cousins, VK3BFG, with the latest. Good morning, Peter. Thanks, Barry, and good morning to all. A lot has certainly happened since the launch last June of the digitised VK3RTV television repeater. We currently have a DVB-T downlink, which is the terrestrial standard, and this can be received on many standard set-top boxes. We have two analogue and two digital uplinks. The uplinks are on 1250, 1255 and 1278 MHz and also on 10.41 GHz. 
The digital uplinks are the DVBS standard and the analog uplinks are FM. Peter, is the project all completed? I think this project has a little way to go yet, Barry. VK3 RTV has always continually evolved from the black and white days through to the present. Currently, new antennas are being built to better provide for the digital uplinks. From all reports, it has created a lot of activity and interest in the Melbourne and Geelong area. Tell us what you've planned by the way of digital amateur television at the Centre Victoria Radio Fest. What people will see at Kyneton is digital television, hopefully on a large screen, with real-time vision of the radio fest and the surrounding area, transmitted from a light aircraft. In other words, aeronautical digital amateur TV. There will also be experienced ATVers on hand to give advice on how to get involved. Thank you, Peter. I'm very much looking forward to seeing and hearing it all. The VK3 RTV digitisation project was mainly funded by Amateur Radio Victoria, with support by the way of $1,000 from the WIA Club Grants Program. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Now for today's small dose, or should I say smidgen, of trivia. Until recently, no one thought a smidgen was an actual unit of measure. But kitchen supply stores in North America and elsewhere are now selling sets of mini-spoons in which the smallest spoon is labelled smidgen. It's designed to hold exactly half a pinch, or one-thirty-second, of a teaspoon which is roughly 0.005 of a fluid ounce or 0.15 of a millilitre. And where did the word smidgen come from? Well, apparently it's a diminutive of smutch or smudge. It originally meant a small spot. The hidden costs of amateur repeaters. From time to time we hear about the funding difficulties experienced by clubs who run a repeater, often not for the benefit of their members but for the wider amateur radio community. In New South Wales, the Lands Department is continuing on its campaign of introducing high-site lease charges, all in the name of cost recovery and getting a commercial return for access to sites. Similar things are happening in other parts of Australia, which are making repeater operators very anxious. Amateur Radio Victoria funds and licences most of the repeaters in its state. The annual ACMA licence fees are nearly $4,000. In addition to this are site fees. Take, for instance, the Mount William repeater VK3RWZ in Western Victoria. The site fees for this repeater are around $1,000 a year. And recently, VK3RWZ was restored to service after a major antenna failure. Rigging costs alone were in excess of $5,000 for that job. A considerable number of complaints were received when the repeater was not on air. Most came from non-members of Amateur Radio Victoria. Since it has been returned to service, only a couple of loyal and understanding members have expressed their thanks. Another major new cost for repeater operators is the D-Star network. Amateur Radio Victoria has spent more than $10,000 to get the VK3 RMM D-Star Mount Macedon repeater on air. We now find it has minimal use by a few operators. Of these, less than a quarter are Amateur Radio Victoria members. And with D-Star comes the monthly expense of internet access for the D-Star internet gateway. Ongoing maintenance, replacements and upgrades to meet commercial site technical requirements are hidden costs not understood by all amateurs. 
Do you support the organisation that provides amateur radio repeaters? If not, why not join today? And in VK3, that means Amateur Radio Victoria. I'm Ross, VK3CE, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Intruder M7B, phone modulated multi-channel vocoder system. This is VK1 WIA. Old club call sign being maintained. The RMIT University School of Electrical and Computer Engineering is again the custodian of the VK3MT amateur radio call sign. It was originally issued to the Melbourne Technical College Radio School, which commenced classes in 1934. And, as part of the 120-year evolution of RMIT University, has now been reclaimed. Hopefully, VK3MT will continue the tradition of helping to expose technical students to amateur radio. Social Scene 2010, February 27, VK6. Hills Amateur Radio Group Swap Meet, 2pm Sanderson and Brady Roads, Lismurdy. February 28, VK2, Wyong Field Day, Wyong Racecourse. February 28, VK3, Yarra Valley Hamfest at Hillsville. March 14, VK3, Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club's White Elephant Sale. March 14, VK6, 100 years of the WIA plus Ham Heaven official opening of the Northern Corridor Radio Group Club Premises. March 21, VK7, Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross in Tasmania. We now have in the studio David Wardlaw, VK3ADW, Chairman of the WIA Centenary Committee. Good morning, David. The centenary celebrations, are they well underway? Yes, good morning, Jim, Barry and listeners. It actually began on the 1st of January and runs right through to the end of December, a year-long celebration with participation throughout the nation. I imagine the committee continues to be very busy. What is it focusing on at the moment? Our major focus continues to be on the Centenary Convention in Canberra from Friday the 29th through to Sunday the 31st of May. Initial details of the program can be found in this month's Amateur Radio magazine and on the WIA website. Without repeating those details here today, the committee met last Wednesday. News from it is that an ARAS contact is planned with the International Space Station to occur during the centenary dinner involving a local secondary school. The program is certainly interesting, David, and looks attractive. Well done, and thank you for the work being done by the committee. Thank you, Jim, for the opportunity to provide some information today. A lot more detail will be appearing in this broadcast in the months ahead. This is VK1WIA, the weekly broadcast of the WIA, celebrating the centenary of organised amateur radio in Australia. Mini solar cells. These are about the size of glitter that can be attached to clothing or tents. Developed by Sandia National Laboratories in India, they can recharge batteries, plus have potential satellite or remote sensing applications. Operational news on VK1WIA, this week being presented by Amateur Radio Victoria. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3PV. On-air contest and event column, Dateline, 22nd to 28th of February, the 7th Antarctic Activity Week. Many more stations have indicated their intention to participate this year. 27th to 28th February, NZART Jock White Memorial Field Day contest. 13th to the 14th of March, 
the RSGB Commonwealth Contest. 20th to 21st March, WIA John Moyle Memorial Field Day. 17th of April, World Moon Bounce Day. Many of the world's largest parabolic dish antennas, along with radio amateurs in attendance, will bounce radio signals off the lunar surface. 30th of April through to the 6th of May, Westlake Amateur Radio Club's 12th Annual CQ Repeater Contest, encouraging all radio amateurs to put a little life into the usually quiet FM repeaters. Rewind, a look back at our history through the serialised written history by WIA Centenary Committee member Peter Wolfen and VK3RV, with assistance of others, that has been published in the WIA Journal Amateur Radio magazine. Early regulation of the spectrum. The original Australian Wireless Telegraphy Act 1905 made provision for land-based experimental stations, which enabled the establishment and authorised private amateur stations. The Marconi Company was keen to establish itself in Australia and in June 1906 it obtained the first land station licence for stations in Devonport, Tasmania and Queenscliff in Victoria. These were used to demonstrate the Marconi equipment. However, the government declined to purchase the stations at the end of the demonstration trials, perhaps still unsure of the potential of wireless. But in 1909 in October... Tenders were called for the construction of coastal stations in Sydney and Perth. The accepted tender was from the Australasian Wireless Company with Telefunken German equipment at about a quarter of the price submitted by the Marconi Company, triggering legal actions and squabbles over patents. For the next 20 years or so, there appears to have been much exploitation of the Commonwealth by a series of doubtful actions by some wireless companies during a cutthroat environment which saw them posture as if they were the owners of the spectrum and the technology. In hindsight, the true amateur experimenter may have been among the select few who, over the years, were not attempting to take advantage of their knowledge for obtaining ill-gotten gains from the public purse. Further, it could be argued that the attitude of amateurs has survived right up until today in many ways as they provide public service, whether it be in education, emergency communications and other activities. Hams across Australia, VK1. Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club is preparing for a radio amateur population explosion in the nation's capital in May, associated with the WIA annual general meeting and the centenary celebration activities. VK2, Wyong Field Day Dinner. Amateur Radio New South Wales, in conjunction with the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club, will hold a dinner to kick off the start of Amateur Radio New South Wales' 100 years celebrations. It will be at the Wyong Bowling Club on Saturday the 27th of February from 6pm. Bookings are essential. To book or for more information, contact the Secretary of Amateur Radio New South Wales on 0400-445-445. 829 WIA Intruder Watch Intruder Watch first began 50 years ago and it is just as important, if not more so today. 
as the Region 3 IARU Monitoring System Coordinator, Peter Young, VK3MV, explains. The amateur service must take action to protect its bands because an administration permitting a station to operate contrary to the International Telecommunications Union radio regulations may assert that its operation is not in breach of the radio regulations because there have been no complaints of harmful interference caused by that station. The success of the IARU Monitoring Service depends on member societies acting to influence the licensees of intruders in their country or the administrations of their country to remove intruders from exclusive amateur bands or if the intruder is in another country to request their administration to lodge a complaint to the administration of the country in which the intruder is located. Some complaints result in the removal of the intruder reasonably quickly but unfortunately some may take years to resolve particularly if it involves an administration in another country. In Australia, the WIA's Intruder Watch Coordinator is Carl Henning, VK6WX, who, with other observers, have years of experience in identifying and logging intruders. This involves listening to signals on our amateur bands and determining if they are genuine amateur QSOs. If an intruder is suspected, then details are recorded. If you value your HF spectrum, why not become an Intruder Watch reporter? The WIA's website under Member Services tab has more information. Look for the Intruder Watch tab. This is Peter Young, VK3MV, Region 3 Monitoring Service Coordinator and WIA Director for the National WIA News. Intruder AXX Naval System, the Alligator. This is VK1WIA. Aviation Network Upgrade. The government-owned corporation Air Services Australia in its project to modernise the VHF radio communications network across Australia has reached a milestone. The technicians have now upgraded air-ground-air voice communications equipment at 100 of around 150 sites nationally, the latest being the Table Mountain, Rockhampton. Very interesting, Barry, and also announced recently is that the Rail Corporation of New South Wales has signed a deal to replace its analogue radio network with a digital radio system from China. Media Watch. Groups to present this WAA National News Service. February 21, Central Coast Amateur Radio Club, promoting the Wyong Field Day. March 7, Amateur Radio New South Wales promoting the WIA centenary. March 14, and it's across to VK6 and the News West gang. April 25, down to VK7 with the Radio and Electronics Association of Southern Tasmania for the Anzac weekend. Tracking ships from space. Two new receivers are soon to be tested aboard the International Space Station to help keep track of large ships at sea. VHF radio signals from a ship's transponder regularly transmit the vessel's identification and location, but this data can only be picked up line of sight by other ships or when near land. To improve the tracking of ships, these signals will also be received on the space station to see if it can provide greater real-time tabs on shipping movements. The Australian Who Put Man on the Moon 
an article in the December 2009 issue of the Low Key, the Journal of Australian QRP Club, noted the important work of an Australian radio amateur. An enthusiastic ham for all of his life, William Ross Aidy was born in Adelaide in 1922 and got his call sign VK5AJ at the age of 17. In the next decade, he established the trademarks of his career in medical research and electronics. At the age of 35, he was appointed Professor of Anatomy and Physiology at the UCLA Medical School in America. Within three years, Professor Ross Aidy, now K6UI, was appointed as Director of the new Space Biology Laboratory for Human Research, established to fulfil President John Kennedy's commitment to put a man on the moon in the 1960s. His laboratory developed the technology for biotelemetry from space to monitor the astronauts' health, including recordings to show the effects of weightlessness on brain functions. A full story about this remarkable Australian who helped put man on the moon is being written for publication in the WIA journal Amateur Radio Magazine. Do you remember Ross Aidy? He used to visit ham radio friends in Melbourne. A photograph of him is required to accompany the article. If you can assist with a photo, please contact either Jim Linton, VK3PC, or Murray Lewis, VK3EZM. Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. Mark Dodds, VK3ZR, had an established career in the electronics industry when in the late 1970s became an enthusiastic radio amateur. After the 1983 Ash Wednesday bushfires, he answered the call for radio amateurs to provide communications for the clean-up at Mount Macedon. Thus began a long involvement in Wyson. He oversaw its incorporation in 1989-90, served on the Committee of Management as President and State Coordinator for three years and as WAA Victoria representative for another six years. The contributions of Mark were recognised in 1994 when he was made an esteemed member of Wyson. His service included the Northeast Victorian floods in 1993, the Y2K bug Wyson network for the Victoria Police in 1999, and bushfires in 2003, 2006 and 2009. Mark was Wyson Victoria's public officer from 1997 until his death. He was also an active member of RECOM, the communications arm of the Red Cross. His more than 25 years of volunteer work with Wyson was recognised in this year's Australia Day's Honours List with the Emergency Services Medal. In the true style of this gentleman, the only reason Mark Dodds VK3ZR agreed to be nominated for this high award was so that it was recognised that service as a member in Wyson was as valid a contribution as service with any other emergency agency. From the weird and wonderful file. Hello, I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC. The name Frank Shaylor is little known, but he was the technician who invented the modern electric toaster back in 1909, some two decades before sliced bread. While most of us enjoy toast, the kitchen toaster can't cope with the wide variety of bread that's available. Fire authorities blame the variable moisture content in bread for causing many household blazes, and they can be problematic too for some smoke detectors. 
But now it appears that the smell of toast, or even worse, a fire, could be a thing of the past for those who switch up to a see-through toaster. This new development has double insulated clear glass on both sides, giving a panoramic view of each slice. The technology used is quartz elements in the corner of the toaster and the heat evenly radiates across the bread. You can actually watch it happening. The see-through toaster can easily handle crumpets, muffins, croissants and even those hot cross buns now available in your local supermarket. It does come at a hefty price tag of around $500. Wonder if it can be claimed as a fire protection device on home insurance policies. It's weird and it's wonderful. Prepare for emergencies. During summer in many parts of Australia, you may experience a loss of power for hours or, like last year, a number of days. The experience during the Black Saturday bushfire disaster was that a number of radio amateurs were able to stay on air as part of their personal awareness of what is happening. Self-help group can easily keep in touch and share information on their local repeater. To do this, it's essential to have an independent power source. Many seem to have a backup 12-volt battery to keep their rigs on air. These are relatively affordable if bought new or cheap if second-hand. They are certain to be on sale at the Centre Victoria Radio Fest. Now for a review of this month's WAA Journal Amateur Radio Magazine. The cover story is the trip by members of the Blue Mountains Amateur Radio Club to Popple Corner in the heart of the Simpson Desert at the borders of the Northern Territory, Queensland and South Australia. More details of the WIA centenary celebration can be read along with the first in the serialised history of radio. Centenary activities are to take place in Canberra over the weekend of Friday the 28th through to Sunday the 30th of May in conjunction with the WIA's annual general meeting and member forum. Highlights include a series of presentations on the early days of radio, a Saturday evening centenary dinner, the special station VK100 WIA in conjunction with the WIA Centenary Award will run all three days, a barbecue lunch and public display of amateur radio. Turning to page 28 now, the topic in the Foundation Corner column is Refurbishing Aluminium Antennas by Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP. On page 37, Spotlight on SWLing by Robin Harwood, VK7RH, notes that the Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race night communications on HF were very difficult due to interference from the combined effects of a clandestine broadcaster in South Korea and an even louder jammer signal. Also making interesting reading in Amateur Radio magazine this month, sent to WAA members and available in many news agents around Australia, are tales from the Lord Howe Island VK9LA de-expedition. Centre Victoria Radio Fest Club Corner Precinct Roll Call. Amateur Radio Victoria. Australian Vintage Radio Society. Bendigo Astronomical Society. CQ Magazine Awards. CQ Operators QRP Club. Frankston and Mornington Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. Historical Radio Society of Australia. Maston Rangers Amateur Radio Club. Recom, the communications arm of the Australian Red Cross. Scout Radio and Electronic Service Unit. The Royal Australian core of Signals Museum and the Wireless Institute of Australia. See them all at the WIA-supported centenary activity, the Centre Victoria Radio Fest number 3. Battery power your home. 
electronics manufacturer Panasonic will launch next year a massive lithium-ion storage battery capable of powering an average home for up to a week. The final final. Thank you to Graham Kemp, vk 4 B for the invitation for Amateur Radio Victoria to present the VK1WIA broadcast. Appreciation is extended to those who assisted with today's presentation, including the interviewees David Wardlaw, VK3ADW, Fred Swainson, VK3DAC, and Peter Cousins, VK3BFG. To our support announcers, Steve Bushell, VK3HK, Murray Lewis, VK3EZM, Tim Lewis, VK3HAM, and the voice of the Centre of Victoria Radio Fest, Bruce Lees, VK3FFF. Now from Jim Linton, VK3PC. Barry Robinson, VK3PV. Good Good morning, morning, everyone. everyone. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.